What's going on, everybody? My name is Rob, and I'm the host of The Curated Culture, a weekly podcast dedicated to dissecting the latest and greatest news from around the world of tech and pop culture. Now, we all know the internet can be a busy, noisy place, so let us calm that noise for you. Join us as we discuss the latest and greatest topics from the people and sources that matter most. Check us out every Thursday as we jump into fresh, original content, new interviews, and a host of other subjects that we know you'll find interesting. So jump in whatever your favorite podcast app is and search The Curated Culture. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, we'll catch y'all on the air. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I am here with the world's greatest villain, Rob Bogan, Mr. Rob Bogan. What an intro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, recently I've been doing these things with Nick. He's getting like different cooking shelf chef names. Mm. So every time I'm just coming up with some kind of ridiculous thing, honestly, they're not, it's weird, but I like doing it. It confuses him. It throws him off at the beginning of the show and it's worth every second. <laughs> I can appreciate the confusion and as you know, I thrive in chaos. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I figured appreciate it. I can't just say the name now. It's I've set a precedent and I have to say something different. And you are by far one of the best people you can have fill into a show. If Nick can't be here, it's you. Ah, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be on each and every time. I love this. This is a break in the action from what I usually talk about. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, yeah. And again, for us, it's different perspectives. Originally, realistic sustainability was always kind of designed on having this third person around. And then COVID hit and everything kind of changed. Not that it's not awesome for Nick and I to get to have these conversations, but it's also good to bounce around and get a few other people here and there. Definitely. Perspective is key. So I don't know if you noticed this today, but it was a normal day. Then we had a blizzard. By the way, in case anybody's wondering, we're recording this way long ago. Okay, so this is an episode that I'm using when we're in trouble and <laughs> Nick is too busy or I'm too busy. So I don't know when this will be released, but it is currently almost April, like a couple days from April. And today it was like a nice, beautiful morning, then a blizzard. And I'm pretty sure it's perfectly nice now. It is. It is. I, I don't know if, if anybody will ever get to see the video from this, but I am sitting in front of a window in my office and you can see the sunlight just blessing my skin. <laughs> the vitamins from the sun's rays are coming in. It, in short, it was a Michigan day. We experienced yeah. three out of the four seasons in one single day. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Now, you know what? I, I need to get a better office. You have an office where the sun, you got a window seat. Yeah. I'm recording in a basement <laughs> at Dabble right now. There is no sun. If I, I had to get a vitamin D lamp. Yeah, man. I, I had to choose this just because if I record it in a space like yours, I would just be angry all the And you know me. I'm, I'm the career <laughs> pessimist anyway. So this is nice. This is a nice change up. All right. Well, look, we should probably get to the topic. Yes. This topic you chose. So just so everybody knows, if it goes fantastic, it's because Rob chose it. If it goes poorly, it's because I wrote it. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the tricky words corporations use to get you to buy things because they know you want to be sustainable. So that's what we're talking about today is that the terminology, the sneakiness that's out there. 
that when you're looking at labels, when you're looking at products and you're trying to figure out what is the best, the tricks they play to get you to choose them. Because one stat stood out to me when I very first started researching this, 68% of corporate executives admit to greenwashing, flat out admit it, which means there's probably 5% lying at least. Easily. Yeah. So this is something they know they do. And it's just now part of the marketing campaign. They use these tricky words, right? I've always wondered specifically what goes on in those boardrooms and those meeting rooms when people decide they want to use the really tricky, tricky words. One of the biggest, before we started recording, I was thinking about this. One of the biggest phrases that I think can be wholly and is wholly misleading is when people slap the label fat-free on something and people assume that because it says that it's fat-free, that it is an, a healthy alternative, which is not necessarily the case all the time. Oh, no, not even close. As we get into this, one of my favorite internet people is Hank Green. And he is a science nerd among the science nerds. He is your, he's almost a Neil deGrasse Tyson in his knowledge or his at least willingness to learn. And he talks about some of that stuff. And he will talk about all natural. Mm -hmm. All natural is a term that is used everywhere. Arsenic is 100% natural. Wow. So just because it says all natural, what does that mean? Coal is all natural. Uranium, all natural. Volcanoes are very, very natural. These are things that we put on a package in the right font with the soft coloring. That's usually a green tint. There might even be a leaf next to it that creates this concept of good. But is it? There was a point in time on this planet that velociraptors were all natural. <laughs> but highly dangerous. Highly dangerous. Very mercury. All natural. All of these things, you could throw that label on and not be lying. Because that's what they do, is they have to stretch it to the point where they still don't get sued. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes they get so close, they, oops, I fell over it, and they end up sued. But... I still think that's like a corporate game. How close can we get? Can we step over the line without people noticing we've stepped over the line? And I think that that is what we're talking about today. These, this trick, this mental gymnastic that they try to put us through to sell us a product that has no relation to the word they're using. Right. And uh, so let me ask you this, and I, and I don't know specifics in terms of the, of the structure, but you know me, I just jump right in. <laughs> so as, as I hear you, you talk in in the realm of sustainability, specifically, of course, much like fat free in the world in the world of food. I think people tend to get tripped up when items are marked as made from recycled materials or made with recycled materials. How how tricky specifically does that phrasing get? Well, what's funny is I'm going to go to your fat-free thing again for a second mm -hmm. because it's usually a percentage in front of that, right? Yes. So they'll yep. say, this is 70% fat-free. That's 30% fat. Just say 30% fat. Right. That's what that means. It's not, it's not like if the whole thing was a whole percent, 100%, and it's like little pieces of it are missing all the way through, and that you're going to get 70% fat-free food, and only a little bit of it's going to be fat. And no, 30% of that whole thing is fat. That's all it means. That's all that that term means. 98% fat-free, 2% fat. That's all it means. So is see what happens when you pick one side of the sentence and not the other? Yeah, it, it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds a lot 
less attractive when you say 2% fat versus 98% fat free. And for me, I'm one of those label reading consumers. So as like, if I'm looking at a label that says, even though I have the mental capacity to figure it out, hey, this is the same number. If I look at one label that says 98% fat free and it's screaming at me, and then I look at another one that just has 2% fat. I'm yeah. probably going to go with the 98% fat free one because it sounds like it's better for me. The 98% is a much larger number than the 2%, even though statistically and realistically, numerically, it's the same number. It's the same formula. This looks better to me. And I think that is a large reason why companies use these tricky words, these tricky phrases, because they know specifically that people are now more than ever paying more attention to labels and what's in things and how things are being made to try to attract those that are going to be more either health conscious or environmentally conscious or sustainability conscious because people people are paying attention to those things. That's what makes it greenwashing. They're literally targeting us with that terminology. And that's why it is greenwashing is because they're quite literally saying, what direction can I use this term that will push that bruise the best? And you're right. You're now, the moment we started talking about that, I could see it in your eyes. The psychology of it all started swinging in. You started to go, you're, shoot, you're right. I'd buy that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, crap, I'd buy that. And that's just one of the games. Mm -hmm. At least that game has reality in it. Right. Not all of them do. Mm -hmm. Like our all natural, they're just assuming that that's a good thing. Right. It doesn't mean that it is. But now you're starting to see them really push. You're seeing some really weird stuff. You'll see a carbon offsetting. Yes. That we carbon offset. In case mm -hmm. you're wondering, the FTC has no guidelines on carbon offset, and they don't even have to prove it until the next set of guidelines are written at least two years from now. Wow. So they can say that and have one solar panel hooked to a plug somewhere in the backyard and saying that they are carbon offsetting as long as they're collecting something. Mm -hmm. or paying a company to collect something. It doesn't have to be equal. It doesn't even have to be close to equal. It just has to be something. I think that you could probably get away with it for the next two years just having a recycle bin. Wow. And never emptying a darn thing. <laughs> because there's no one to police it. There's no one to check on it. And there's no actual guidelines. So anything that you see that says carbon offset, you better go to their site because that's what it is. They got to prove it. Okay. Right now, okay. they're just putting it on labels because they know they can. But many people who care about sustainability check. And that's the reality. We go to a site. We start looking at their sustainability site. We start looking at how they carbon offset. Is it not? Let's go look. Because most of them just say it. And then there's not anything on their site. They just assume that you're just agree. And then you're going to pick up that soda. So at least, like I said, at least the other ones were in the realm of reality. This is like a fake universe. Right. And this, you know, as one... I'll be completely honest in saying that before you and I started interacting, before I met you, before we started talking, I had sustainability and the thought of my personal impact on the environment. It was like literally out of 100 things on my mind, it was probably 98th, right? <laughs> There's that number again. Yeah. <laughs> but learning about my impact, I, I am trying to be more conscious about 
the things that, that I purchase, the products that I support. And I, I remember telling you about this a while ago, like, hey, man, I'm really trying my best. And I, hey, I just bought some sneakers from Nike because Nike is saying they're using post-consumer materials to build these shoes. They're making it from recycled, discarded materials. And then I got the, the shoes and it's, like, hey, we're moving towards net zero emission. And it sounds super cool, right? <laughs> But then I have a conversation with you about energy and, and how much things take to get to you, how much it takes to be made. This really isn't much better. The sneakers specifically that I'm talking about, yeah, they made them with recycled material. Sure, that's that's a good thing, right? When they shipped them out to me, they were inside of three separate cardboard boxes, which feels to me like it defeats the purpose, right? If if you're moving towards a more sustainable sneaker or a more sustainable production practices, maybe at least get rid of one. It was inside, it was inside <laughs> of a try. UPS box. Please try. Yeah, it was inside of a UPS box, inside of a Nike box, inside of another Nike box. I kid you not, three separate cardboard boxes. Yeah, well, because first of all, the one that the box that goes around the shoes, collectors want to keep that nice, and they know that. So they go mm -hmm. with another branded box to protect the box because some people want to collect the box. And then they have to ship it. Well, they don't want to bang up their logo. It's got to go in a shipping box. That's a different box from this box. That has different ink and different print and different glosses and all these different processes. First of all, it's way more expensive for them. I don't really understand why they choose to do these things, but mm -hmm. you're right. It takes any positive thing and they sell you on something positive and then give you way worse in most cases. And that's one of the things that I'm always fighting with greenwashing is that most of the time the item that they've greenwashed is because it's not better than the thing they had before. <laughs> I thought the irony behind that, the whole sneaker situation is the, the middle box. So the, the secondary box was the sole purpose of that box was to talk about Nike's new mission statement and how they were reducing their emissions. And, and most other sneakers that I buy that are not standing on this soapbox of purity and, and sustainability, you get two boxes, the shipping box to protect the box that the sneakers are in and that's it. And I can't understand why this one had a third one with a mission statement on it. That like violates, it's written on its violation. Yeah. I mean, the tag could just have a QR code that you can mm -hmm. scan and tell you the mission. It should just be a website. Right. It doesn't be printed on a, on a million boxes. I mean, anyway, so those are the things. Yeah, you're starting to see it. I'm happy that when something shows up on your doorstep, you're doing a little analysis now. Mm-hmm. You're starting to look at some things completely different from the words, but from the action. And it's way more fun when you look at the words than the action and go, oh, what the hell? Right. There, there are times that I'm in public and my face changes and my wife will go, well, there goes today. And just kind of walk <laughs> off from the, whatever store we're in or, it, it, you know, it, you're going to start seeing it. The more we talk about, the more we, the more we work on these things, the more you're going to see it. And you're going to, I'm telling you, your wife's going to be like, what are you doing? I can't get this one. It's got three layers of plastic. Right. Same thing over here has only got one. Yeah. Make your head like, oh, you got to quit hanging out with that guy. <laughs>
I mean, no, it's an important thing to pay attention to, though. So I do, and I try not to get into like podcaster mode whenever I uh, whenever I record with you because this is your show. But I'm always filled with questions <laughs> that I have to ask. So I, I want to know, like specifically from you personally, how how do these manufacturers how how do they maintain the effectiveness of their message without having to use these these tricky words? You know, because again, we. Talk Talk about the effectiveness of of marketing and campaigns. Ninety eight percent fat free does sound more attractive than two percent fat. So how how do they work around that, or how do we as consumers know how to identify and move around the tricky words that are being used that are market millions of dollars spent to market this way to us? How do we navigate those waters? Well, I just wrote a short about how corporate is lost when it comes to sustainability right now. It's buzzwords, it's keywords. I don't think there's very many companies out there that have people running sustainability departments that have a, a true understanding of the benefits. So what you have is marketing employees working within or in conjunction with the sustainability departments. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're seeing with your third middle box with all the ink all over it to tell you how great they are. Because first of all, the general public doesn't know the difference. They saw they reused ocean plastic and it was, they had me at, at reusing ocean plastic because from my understanding, that's a problem. All right. Most individuals, you know, you gotta remember when we have this show, we're talking to a niche group. Now we're starting to get a large group and they're all over the world, but we're all kind of, you know, we, we preach to the choir sometimes. We're here mm -hmm. to reinforce. We're here mm -hmm. to, to learn something new and these kinds of things. The general public, that isn't a thing. They might catch a Netflix series here and there. They might learn something by accident on TikTok, but it's not the first thing. And you're learning, it takes training to see it. So how do we see it? Like when I see a product that is bare bones, I'm excited. Like they put as little as humanly possible into getting this to me. And if, you know, if, if it's something that I'm looking for, that's the one just, mm -hmm. just for that purpose. I'm sure it's the same product on the inside. Anyways, I love seeing that it's just rare. I mean, now we got people who peel oranges and put them in plastic with a foam bottom, man, who can't peel the orange? <laughs> You just sped up its rotting and then covered it with something that will outlive that orange by 800 years. Right. So to me, it drives me nuts because you start to see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. But general public don't see it at all. Yeah, it feels like a lot of times in those scenarios specifically, it, it feels like we are trading convenience for, I don't even want to say quality most times, but conservation is lost in, in the sense of, of convenience or familiarity. Like people will, people know that a certain company's practices are just the absolute worst for the planet or for the environment or, you know, even locally, they, they may outsource jobs or they may not produce foods or, or goods or services locally, which harms the, the economy there specifically, but they still support those types of companies because of this perception of quality. So how how do we get in the mindset of looking for their like the bare bones products or those products that are, you know, sourced locally that perception wise may not be as high quality as the big box retailer, but is much better for you. Is that something that can be combated because again, these smaller local regional 
goods and services don't have the marketing monsters behind them as some of these other companies. So the message gets lost as well. I'd be shocked to find out their product isn't better than the large corporation. Okay, first of all, I would be very surprised to find out that their slightly more expensive, better packaged product wasn't superior to a global corporation because there's very few people who care about the product in a larger court. The larger the, the company gets, the less people care about the, the details. Mm-hmm. Those smaller companies, those, those farmer stands, those craft shows, these are people who care about what they do. So I, I do believe that in most cases, I'll leave myself an out, that the quality is likely to be better. Now, we have been sacrificing ecological damage. We've been sacrificing ecological freedoms. We've been sacrificing social justice. We have been sacrificing every category of sustainability since the industrial age in the name of convenience. Honestly, that is most of the problem is inexpensive items. Mm-hmm. Like I'm putting together right now a presentation on embodied energy. I've been invited to go teach a corporation who cares about sustainability. They have me teaching the leadership and the employees about embodied energy. They want to see it the way we see it. And that is something that you don't see every day. That is not a mindset that comes into the companies. That's why they're, a lot of them are so lost. They're Googling sustainability. They're getting these key terms and they're sending it to marketing Mm -hmm. where we slowly, little bit, little bit, big bit, start to train our minds to see it, to sniff it out. So sometimes I'm not quite sure. I'll keep asking a few questions and go, there it is. (laughs) No, thank you. Especially like, okay, right now when you go to shop, next time you go grocery shopping, how, how many certification seals you see on the front of packages? Hmm. that's a business. So dolphin safe tuna, that's a seal. You have been certified that you are a company that takes it very serious, that you do not harm dolphins when catching tuna. Mm -hmm. The rule is you did not intend to harm dolphins while catching tuna. Did they harm dolphins by catching tuna? Yeah. Yeah, of course they did, because you don't, unless you have a hook in the water and you're pulling them up one by one, you get a big old net, they get stuck in the net, they slam them down on the boat, they got three guys trying to shove another fish back in the ocean, they die. Mm. You killed them. It's, it's a bycatch thing. It happened so often they gave it a name. So this certification, there's just this word in there that makes it okay, that they did not intend to catch or kill dolphins. Mm. Now they can go out and do their normal job and they got this sweet certification. I mean, they probably pay a few thousand dollars to stamp it on the box. But but now when you're walking down the aisle and you've got tuna A or tuna B, well, crap, this one doesn't kill dolphins. Right. That's that's an assumption you made. That's an assumption you made based on that logo, not the reality. Yeah. And that's that I guess as as a consumer, that is the trickiest thing in the world because of course, perception is is most times reality. And, and that is the unfortunate side of that is people will see this label that a company has most likely paid a ton of cash for. And it's like, oh, there's certified dolphin safe. Well, yeah, like lately I've been practicing sustainability and sustainable practices. And I want to make sure that the companies I support is environmentally friendly. And they're telling me that this product is safe for dolphins and that they didn't intend to kill dolphins. So they're working with the dolphins to make sure that my tuna is safe for me. How sweet. I'm going to buy five. 
Yeah. And it, the uh, whole time, you know, you're you're supporting a company that is like, all right, well, by any means necessary. But we also got this guy over here that will say, hey, they're cool because maybe they did kill a few dolphins, but they didn't intend to. They didn't mean to. Yeah, they have a guy once a year sit on their boat. And as long as they don't see them killing dolphins, they get to keep paying for the logo. And right. if your business is to sell a logo, how often are you going to say no to someone who wants your logo? Mm-hmm. We're going to give you $10,000 a year so I can use your logo. Cool. I put a guy on your boat once a year. Be shocked if that boat left the harbor. Hmm. And then, hey, I didn't see any dolphins killed. Stamp. Give me my ten grand. We move on to the next year. Right. It's a business. And so that's what I want to talk about is these tricky little things because those aren't regulated. Mm-hmm. Those are independent companies that make those logos. And it doesn't matter if it is. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be some logos out there that do it right that mean it. And you know what? They're going to put a ton of transparency on their website. Make sure you always check those out ahead of time. Right. Well, don't let me pretend like all of them are bad. It's not true. There's people out there who do have ethics. We just got to find them. And they're usually not on our shopping shelves because corporations do not want to give them the money because they will say no. Well, why go to them when I can go to Dolphin Save Tuna logo? When, don't care. I just write the check. Right. And the, and the product is, again, the quality may not even be any different than somebody that is actually practicing to be more friendly towards any any species of animals. So I, I and when I hear you talk about these things like me, I feel almost a sense of not, I don't want to say anger, but almost betrayal because I know how misleading these things can be sometimes. So what could I do or what could consumers do to better navigate that sea of noise? Because when you go into the grocery store, I mean, or even when you shop online now, like there is always some sort of label or there's always some sort of disclaimer or disclosure that is screaming at you that, hey, we are doing A to be more environmentally friendly or to be more sustainable because of B and they have these big long extravagant mission statements that are really passionate and I'm pretty sure are are wrote by people who like yeah this this is going to tug at the heartstrings how do we navigate through that sea of noise to make sure that the products and and the clothing and, and everything else that we are supporting truly are doing what's best for uh, for the environment Well, first of all, it's harder than you think, even from that perspective. Mostly when you see 10 products on the the shelf, they're owned by three companies. Mm -hmm. So you got two dramatically different products selling it to you in completely different ways with the exact same product from the exact same production line sitting in that box because there's only like three companies that make it. Right. But it looks like there's 10 or 12. Right. So that makes it even harder because you might find one that you feel like this is the one but it's owned by the company that you just wrote off the first four. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, the answer is you try to get things where you know they came from. There's like this summer, our plan is to go to the farm and pick out some chickens and pick out a pig and buy my meat that's still running around. Mm -hmm. There's some farms out here that let us go out and pick them. They tag them and then they live their life. And when that time is done, then they process it for us and it goes in our freezer. I'll know exactly where they came from. I'll even know what they ate. They even let me buy the food if I want to. So that kind of thing is way better than what I have been doing, which is going to the grocery store and picking up the plastic covered styrofoam with the meat in the middle. Right. 
there's also getting our if anybody is buying eggs from the store at this point it's on us tsc or whatever the tractor supply company has been selling tiny chickens to people all over the state for years almost everybody you know at least knows somebody who sells eggs very true if, if we're still getting eggs with hormones and all these things in them that's on us that's a last second ran out of eggs and Kevin's sleeping. I can't go get my eggs from him. He's out of town this week. This We know people. That's on us. That is lazy. That is convenience. Mm-hmm. So things like that. We, we can get eggs elsewhere. All summer long, you can get vegetables. And if you can't, you wander through Duran and pick your own. We can, we can grow vegetables. Every person who grows a garden grows too much. Don't even bother. Don't plant the zucchini this year because there's going to be a dude with a whole front yard sitting out there with a big row of zucchini. Go get your zucchini. Get your stuff where you know where it came from to the best of your ability. Was now, that, that a mean? shameless plug for the uh, edible landscape project that I heard? 100% of the time, brother. 100% of the time. <laughs> and everybody else should be doing it too. I shouldn't. This shouldn't be a plug for something new. This should be something that everybody already knows. Just go out there, fill your city full of food. They'll let you. You just got to ask, please. Jamie's talking about making T-shirts that say Duran, Michigan, eat our city. (laughs) Like, it's just fun stuff, man. But there are things we can get where I know they came from. It's Mm -hmm. that we wait too long or we don't think ahead. Life is too busy. Things are too messy. The clouds are too thick. And then I need something now. Give me amazing artists, amazing craftsmen, all these people that are just on your Facebook you want something for a birthday you go find it on there and someone crafts something's very specific for that person there's a ton of different things that we can do that eliminate or at least reduce because we live in a world they can't avoid it you just mm-hmm. can't avoid it all but there's certain things you like i mean shoot the next thing on my list to talk about was hey it's compostable it's biodegradable currently there's no rule which means that as long as it goes back to earth someday you can call it that. Now, there's discussion in, in that revision in the next two years to make it a one-year reversal back to the earth to be able to call it those things, but today it's not. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to run around looking for T-shirts that say they're compostable. But we're still going to buy some things. We're still going to live our normal life. That's what I care about about this show is that we don't go so extreme that you take some of the flavor out of life, but we're not so lost that we don't see it. I want you to see it. Now, if you still want it, you still get it. But I want you to know what you've done. I want you to go, yep, okay, I'm still doing it. I really want that plastic iron, man. It's going to happen. <laughs> but you know it because as long as you're thinking about it, mm-hmm. there's going to be a heck of a lot more no's than yeses. And if millions and millions and millions of people did that, that changes how the economy works. So when we go and get this meat and I spend a whole day putting it in vacuum seal bags, which is plastic, but mm. so I can preserve it and have it for our whole year. We, I don't think, we were just talking about this. I don't think I've had a steak or beef other than maybe tacos or a burger mm-hmm. uh, made by someone else. I don't think I've had beef in a year. Wow. And it's not even something I realized that happened. I just like fish better and I eat a lot of chicken mm-hmm. and I've added some pork to it. And because of the emissions difference, mm-hmm. I don't even really consider it. It just changed on its own. Now, I've been preaching up and down. I don't want to eat meat anymore. I'm cutting it all down. I haven't. I've cut it down. But I've but also not completely. But I eliminated one, and it just kind of happened from the knowledge. 
And that's what we do. We spend this time, we talk about these things. So the next time listener B goes to the store, they stare at that package for a minute. They're going, I know what they did there. You know what? I'm not getting it today. Because of 100 million people in one week, just one item, they went, I'm not getting that today. That changes a bar graph somewhere in New York that gets people's attention. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that matters. So we talk about how the hell do we get out of this? How do we, that's how, little bit, little bit, big bit. And it happens because we as a collective, as all of us, do a little bit. And it makes corporations make that change. When they don't sell a single thing that says 98% fat free, and every time they take it to their marketing groups, they're like, man, people know what, they know what's 2% fat. I don't know what to tell you, man. They, <laughs> you can say what you want. They know it's 2% fat. Well, then they stop using it. Right. They, they got to come up with something else. So this, what we're doing is how we fix that. We have this conversation. We tell our friends, you know, I'm always saying, share it to everybody, but you don't have to share my show. You can just say it to other people. That's part of that building your positive footprint thing we talk about. Right. You get the credit for it. You heard it from me. You get to tell someone else, you get the credit. But that's how we fix these things. That's how we get away from this. You know, you see products that say now less waste. The mm -hmm. hell does that mean? Right. Less waste than what? First of all, what was the first one doing? What was, wait, hang on. What was I buying before this? Right. Unless there's no context. It's like when Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about the little sign or the little thing for airplanes. And they say 68% of airplanes crash survivors read the sign when they walked in on how to get out of a plane safely. Well, okay. What if 100% <laughs> of the dead people read it? You don't know they died. Right, that yeah. number doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> Same thing here. Less waste or less waste than. Then they give you something with a, like a ton of waste. Mm-hmm. Let's say chocolate, for example, because it's a high embodied energy item. Less energy than, well, that's awesome. You took like the second highest worst possible thing and went, we're not that bad. Right. Look at us. We're not doing that. It's like listening to politicians, but it's a candy bar. So there's a lot of these things that we just have to see it and we have and, and interpret it the way it should be interpreted. Mm -hmm. There's one that says they now use more renewable energy. What's renewable? I mean, you can burn trees. It's considered renewable. Right. Cow waste? Is it, is it cow dung? Are we burning cow dung? Is that what is we're now using renewable energy? In, in, in the worst possible longest route, oil is renewable energy. Right. So they say things. We now use renewable materials. What's a, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> it sounds great. What? Especially what? if you type it in green. Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Again, you have these these really loud labels. So, as a follow up question, we've covered specifically, you know, what we could do in order to educate ourselves. We have these conversations. We pay attention to the labels. Do you think that there's a way for us to actually hold companies to the fire as well? Like, hey, this messaging is not all right. You're sending a really confusing message improve your practices just simply do that improve your practices you don't have to sell by deception just be better yeah you, you you don't buy it i mean yes the real answer is class action lawsuits but the only people who make <laughs> money on that are the lawyers right and they never really hurt the company but the answer is we just don't buy it like when i see things like the thing that has bothered me most recently 
is the reduction of scope in what they say. Mm -hmm. So you buy an item and it says plastic free, but it's in a plastic container. Mm -hmm. That's confusing. Extremely. It makes someone go, this must not be real plastic. It must be some kind of bio thing. No, it's plastic. What they mean is that the product itself, the Cheerios that you bought inside there, and sorry, I used a brand, but that's not really all that relevant to this, mm -hmm. doesn't have plastic in it. That's what they mean. Got it. So, for example, the wash, the detergent sheets I bought, which I love. I don't buy big, you know, these big jugs anymore. I don't have water shipped all over the country so that I can pour small amounts of it into my wash. I love washer sheets, mm -hmm. but it said 100% plastic free. And when I opened the package and it tore, the outer plastic you could see, it was yeah. printed to look like, like butcher paper. It was printed to look like a paper bag. Okay. But when you opened it, it peeled away enough to see this glossy plastic on the outside. And I kept thinking, well, what in the heck? It's, the plastic is just ripped away from the plastic-free portion of this thing. Like, are mm -hmm. we to the point now where we don't even have to be truthful? And it's not that. What they're saying is the product on the inside is plastic-free. I got you. That's just, it seems so outwardly deceptive. And I guess that's the I gave them the a reasoning. worse score because of that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Good, as you should have. And I guess that's the reasoning behind the phrase tricky words is because they are. And it's like, now I am like, man, I need to look closer at these things too. And, and it makes me want to only buy something that I know for certain that I have seen or witnessed the, the manufacturing process <laughs> like right. by, by my own eyes because you never really truly know what, what it is you're getting. So. So here's the other thing. Those detergent sheets work really well. Mm -hmm. I had bought a good size stack of them. They're very inexpensive. It makes my laundry nearly free and they work really, really well. I don't have to get the jug full of water anymore. I don't have to haul that thing or ship it or whatever else. They didn't need to lie to me. Right. They had a product. They have a good product. That's why it's still on the site where you can go on and click on it and go to Amazon and find it. But I chewed them out. They didn't have to do that. They didn't have to sell me in the wrong way. They had a product worth buying. Now, when I run out of them, I may consider going elsewhere just mm -hmm. from the sneakiness, even though that product worked exceptionally well. So some of these people are out thinking themselves right? because they didn't have to. They had already won, but they had to push it a little further and take it a little farther. My question is the outside is 100% recyclable. No, it's not. Well, you have an outside plastic container. Yeah. And we you know see that meant? a lot too. Yeah. So what they meant was that item that goes inside the washer that dissolves, that's recyclable. Wow. Not the packaging it came in. So that's the one that's been making me mad. Shrinking <laughs> the scope to be right. Uh-huh. Especially when you didn't darn well have to. Yeah. They had it right. They did it well. There's a phrase that's, that's often used, moving the goalposts, and it feels like a lot of these products are doing that. And that is, you're right, though. It's like you, you don't have to because I feel like if you left out plastic-free or if you left out 98% fat-free or anything like that, like people would still buy it. But would more buy it? You were sold on 98% fat-free until I said 2% fat. True. So... It's this conversation that takes away that power. Mm -hmm. 
But until someone is in this conversation, it had power. There's a reasonable chance. I don't remember the, what I was thinking when I bought the detergent sheets, but I saw these things on there and went, but I, you know, you got a hundred products. You don't know which one to get. You kind of search through them a little bit. Who has the warm fuzzies? I'm going with you. <laughs> now, I will tell you now that I'm starting to do these reviews mm-hmm. on products that I buy just for our household, it's time to start paying better attention. Because so far, I have not been able to give anybody but a one out of five on transit and distance from where I bought it. Everything is Nepal. It's in China. It's in the Maldives. It's it's, uh, the furthest possible place from my home. Yeah. So as I start to pay better attention, I'll start getting better options because I'm using a different, I'm using Amazon. I'm using a different system. Mm -hmm. But a lot of this stuff, I'll start finding local. I'll have to, because that's what I'm learning a lot of is all of these little things, things like non-toxic. To who? <laughs> I mean, there's things that can kill me. My cat would be fine. True. What, what is non-toxic? What is that? Mm-hmm. It's almost like you have to click on it and read more to feel, well, hey, this is, this is perfectly fine to parrots. Well, no one has a damn parrot in the house. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe a few. What about everybody else? Sure. So if, if you if you had to say, and don't feel any pressure with this, but I, I love asking you these questions. If you had to say three things to specifically put into practice right now to better help not being swayed by these tricky words, if you have three things, what would they be? Three things to protect yourself from being swayed by tricky words. Slow down and plan ahead. That's two of them. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we want something, we see something, that convenience, we get it. Oh, I forgot to get these. I need to get that. The decision that we make is so quick. And a lot of that is we don't think of the embodied energy that goes with everything we grab. And if we slow down, there's a lot of times there's things that I think I need that and sometimes it bothers Jamie when I do this, but I'll say, I'll, if I still need it tomorrow, I'll get it. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is I find something that fills that need in the house already. Or, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still make bad purchases. I still buy things for some of those conveniences. Some, a lot of times so that it's so weird to live with me. So poor Jamie has to deal <laughs> with so much stuff. Sometimes I will just get things to make her life slightly better. Mm-hmm. Because I tend to take that in the other direction. I tend to take everything. I mean, we have 310 extra plants in the, in the living room right now. And we're not halfway there. Right. So sometimes I just do things because I love my wife. But slow down. Do you need it? Now, if you really want it, get it. But do you really want it? Look at the balance. Mm-hmm. And again, plan. If there's something that you know you're going to want, start shopping early. Take the time to just dig around. Don't go, I want, I want, I want detergent sheets. Google, here's one, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I did. I just wanted to try the product. I didn't think about the rest. And if we slow down and give it a day and we plan and we do a little research, because once you find a good one, you'll stick with it. 
once you find, and I'm getting pretty lucky now because now that I'm doing reviews and some of this stuff is great, but I can't, I don't think anything's been graded over a three and a half out of five because it has to come from the other side of the planet. Right. The materials that they use, sometimes they're just the cheap, non-recyclable material. Mm-hmm. But now I'm starting to get listeners who say, hey, I saw you had that. Check this out. So now I'm pretty lucky because I don't have to do as much research because I'm like, man, I love these things. These work great. I'm so mad at what you did. And someone says, these people make the same kind of stuff, but they don't do that. Right. And then once I have one, I'll stick with it. It's I'll just stay with it. But And I know you said three things. The third thing is UBU still. The one thing about sustainability is we're bullies, man. Like we just beat people up on a regular basis and we just make it dark and twisty at times. Mm -hmm. And life is still life and we still have to enjoy that life. And we live in a world that doesn't offer us an abundance of good choices. I really truly believe that as long as we're thinking about these choices, good or bad decisions that you make, Mm -hmm. the more you think about it, the better those decisions become. And we'll raise kids who by default have those mindsets. And we will reverse the damage done in the 70s and 80s and 90s through our actions. Because as more and more people become conscious of these things, they stop buying stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know it happens. Ask Sears. (laughs) When they don't evolve, they die. Just like in nature. Just like our diversity and biodiversity. As we learn more. That's why I'm always fighting this demonizing education thing, because the whole concept is consistent learning. Mm -hmm. So the more we learn, the better we get, the better decisions we make. And then that forces corporate, because there's only two ways to get business to change. People stop buying their stuff. The graph turns in the weird direction. Everybody makes a change to get the graph to go back in the good direction. Or some politicians get promoted to leader Mm. and they start leading. They've learned enough to stop being a politician and start being a leader, and they get something done and they create regulation. Those are the only two things that will affect corporate. Loss of money, or they were told to by their parents. That is it. (laughs) I love it. So if we look at this stuff, you're going to see, you know, the words like clean. You're going to see recyclable. Is it recyclable? Does it matter? Should, Should we recycle it? Right. Will it take four times the embodied energy to use that plastic over again? Or should they just go to a different material? Companies push those lines so often. Volkswagen, they got caught, man. They skipped the emission standards and built defeat devices into their vehicles. Mm-hmm. BP and ExxonMobil got sued. We know Nestle. Yeah. Coca-Cola is always on the chopping block because they're the leader in disposable plastic on the planet. So when we say two dump trucks of plastics dump into the ocean every minute, 10% of that is from Coca-Cola every time. Or Ikea, these people, these companies who give off these ideals, but you can't always account for where the wood comes from. Right. That these are the things that they're going to have, we're going to have to grow them out of it. Because if we start thinking, oh, my goodness, how do we change these things? Oh, the world is too big. You start to get overwhelmed and you start to, there's nothing you can do about it. Stay in your scope. Build your positive footprint. You do you. doesn't mean you're never going to buy a Coke. It doesn't mean you're never going to buy something from IKEA. You may not. Some people take a stand. Mm -hmm. But I bet you'll look everywhere first 
you want to buy furniture, get on Facebook Marketplace. Go get something that's already been produced, that's already off-gassed into someone else's house. They get the sick building syndrome, not you. <laughs> There's these millions of different things. Things like, I saw a product that said low carbon. I'm not even low carbon. Like, yeah. I don't... <laughs> It's just using a using two words you think people like now they just have like a word generator yeah it's very buzzworthy or buzzwordy marketing yeah i mean the only real thing we can do is reduce reduce reuse i think we know all these r's that are about to follow that are written on the wall at dabble for no apparent reason they're just <laughs> we know what to do yeah what we have to do is know what they're doing to us first Mm -hmm. So it's all part of the education for the learning system. That's all it is. Now, if you look at it and there's been times I'm like, mm -hmm, I know exactly what you're doing. I have to push this button. You are going to get your money. But I saw that. Right. I saw that and I may never revisit them again, but that is how we do it. Look for the least amount of packaging. There's a reasonable, you might be able to send Nike a message that says, dude, I love those shoes, but I am not doing three boxes. Mm-hmm. Send me these things in two boxes. Send me this thing in one box and a paper sack around it. Yeah, that and these are the things that I don't think of as I would be completely honest with you as a consumer. Like I think we forget that a lot of these companies have ways for us to actually reach out. Now, whether or not they see it is a whole nother thing, but yeah, Honestly, they do. I can tell you from working in large corporations, we have a social media group listens mm -hmm. because that's where your feedback is a lot of large corporations they just sit and listen to social media and they take it serious because that is the voice of the customer so you tag them in a picture of three boxes in the plastic shoes that came from the ocean and go i i don't know what happened here am i back to net zero with regular shoes because of the extra stuff or like Help me out here. Right. You start doing that, and it works better than you think. We had a uh, problem here in Durant where the O'Reilly's Auto Parts was being built, and Consumers Energy wouldn't move the pole. Mm -hmm. So O'Reilly's built around the pole. And for months, we had a half-built O'Reilly's with an electrical pole sticking out the center of it, <laughs> where they built the flooring around it. They built everything around the pole. Mm-hmm. And they'll just patch it all when the time comes. And consumers wouldn't come. Wow. O'Reilly's corporate couldn't get consumers here to remove that pole. So we started as a town and a bunch of people just started making fun of it. We started tagging it on Facebook. Like, hey, if you're going to stand tall, stand as determined as this pole. Thanks, consumers <laughs> energy. Like making jokes after jokes after like, hey, it's only been two months. Pretty soon you'll be able to like just put tires over that thing. Yeah. And that's how you're going to market. And we just kept mocking the heck out of them. And they were there within two weeks. Wow. We beat O'Reilly's by like a month and a half. <laughs> with just online ridicule. But mm -hmm. uh, that's something you can do. You buy something and you take it all apart and you're like, oh, my goodness, I did not know this. You can take a picture of all that and tweet it. Like, hey, didn't need the third box on my sustainability product. And that gets seen. You'll probably get a comment, at least, at minimum. I'll have to make sure that I get the, the middle box that was talking about how sustainable it is. <laughs> the, the one useless box that had no purpose. It's not protecting Zero the Zero purpose. It's not even protecting the product. 
it was just the box to tell you how awesome they were. Yep. Now, greenwashing has a lot of nooks and crannies. It's hidden trade-offs that they talk about, like your, hey, I got my super sustainable shoes in my three boxes. No proof, the things they say. Mm-hmm. That you know, Go to a website here and there and see if that's what's really happening. If there's no proof, it didn't happen. They stay vague. Vague happens all the time. Non-toxic. Right. This will not kill a horse. I'm like, awesome. I'm not a horse. <laughs> so you see all these different terminologies. Or they'll say things that's just 100% irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're cool words. That's nice that you found them. You put them in a green font. Appreciate that. But they said it's not relevant to the product. Right. But it doesn't it seem like a lot of that is, is again, mostly pay no attention to the man behind the curtain sorts of things like evils. Yeah, because they they know that their practices are so bad that they have to distract people. Yeah, it's exactly what's happening. And they don't even know that that's what it is. They (laughs) believe they found new cool buzzwords that work in marketing. Right. So they don't even always know how to use it. And that's why like, I have a short coming out about how lost corporate is when it comes to sustainability. Not all of them. I'm, I'm starting to meet a few good ones. But man, it's like they don't even have the basic concept. Right. So these are the things that hopefully when people sit and listen to us talk about this stuff, that when you're standing in line and you're looking at the wall of candy bar shame and you're (laughs) kind of feeling one of those, Mm -hmm. at least you think about it. That's all I ever ask is that I don't mean that you can't grab it. I'm not shaming a person because everybody else in sustainability wants to do that. All I want is people to think about it. And if we do that and we can start peeling it all back when it shows up on our porch and we can start seeing the reality of it all, that's when we start fixing it. Uh, We just have to do it in bulk. That is an awesome message to leave us with. I will commit to doing that myself, making sure that I do the research. But I, I will say the biggest thing that I took away was the fact of slowing it down because a lot of times... I am one of those instant gratification people. Like I buy stuff that I see and I want it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. I don't need it. I buy it because I see it and I like it and I want it, but not because I need it. And I, I will start to implement that. That is my biggest takeaway from this is, is actually slowing the process down because I don't do that right now because you'll, I see those labels and I'm like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. But what's the fun in that? I have these big green and orange and yellow labels screaming at me. And I'm like, oh, this is dope. I'm going to get that. But really slowing it down and learning about that thing or that company before I purchase is, is going to be essential going forward. So thank you for that. I mean, give it a week. Is it really that big of a deal to give it a week? If, if you still have that same emotional attachment to this item a week from now, get your item. Yeah. But I bet you won't mm-hmm. because we're impulse creatures and marketing's got real good at pushing those buttons. But if you think about things for a few minutes and then you, as you're thinking about it, you look over at something else you had that feeling about that's sitting over in the corner now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just going to end up in the corner, you know, three months from now. And I'll wait. And sometimes you just never get it. Sometimes you still do, but at least yeah. you thought about it. They didn't win that we got, we pushed the button. We, you, we rang the bell, you drooled. Yeah. They didn't get that. 
we thought about it. Now, they, they still got the money if you really wanted it. But you made the decision then. So that's all we had for this week. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I always do because I like sitting here talking to, to Rob. So, <laughs> Rob, before I close us up, same as usual, give us all the socials. Give us the curated culture. Give us all. Yes, indeed. So if you like hearing the sound of my uh, smooth, velvety voice, and you can check me out over at the Curated Culture, uh, at the Curated Culture on Facebook and Instagram, at underscore Curated Culture on Twitter, or you can look me up personally at Robbie Diesel. I am a nerd amongst men, so I cover everything in the world of tech and pop culture and society as a whole and why it's cool and why it's not. So check me out over there where you get a chance. Thank you, as always, for having me on, Mike. I always appreciate these things, and uh, thank you for making my life just the tiniest bit better by giving me things to uh, to implement to uh, make make an impact. Well, we, we, like I said, we always appreciate you coming on, and and hey, pretty soon you're gonna we'll probably have to get you that reusable cup. We'll have to have Aaron make you one of those. Uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit, little bit big bit cup. I don't know. Nick's is all glittery. I don't know if you're a, a glitter guy or not. But uh, yeah, I have no shame. And and yes, <laughs> I am. Uh, I I would love to have one of those. And you are batting a thousand with these promos today, brother. I'm, I'm killing it. <laughs> See, I have no idea what I'm doing most of the time, but I can, I'm getting better. It's almost yeah. like I've done this for four years. Before you know it, I'll be able to close the show without a screw up like a whole year i'd be happy to get two weeks but anyways thank you everybody for listening we greatly appreciate you 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 drop it in spending your time with us hopefully you learned something today or you got something that you can pass on or even do yourself remember each week all we're doing is getting together to get a little bit better little bit little bit big bit thank you so much for listening i'm mike and i am rob and we will see you next week well i will (laughs) 